Well, folks, we've got another week of opinions, experts, open line, wisdom, and hot takes. It's that time to bring together our dynamic duo to help uh, explain the week that was. It's time for The Wrap. Goodbye now. It's over. That's all. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. It's Friday, and this is The Wrap on the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Thank God it's This week, we ask, are investors to blame for a housing crisis? And can the BC government's work-from-anywhere policy for public servants actually work? Joining us today is our regular RAP panel. Leah Halive is a TV reporter and radio host. And Sarah Daniels is a real estate agent in South Surrey. She's an author and broadcaster as well. Leah, Sarah, welcome. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. I was going to start, uh, we were going to do a, a, um, a, a panel today, a conversation on Australia and the, and the fact that Australians didn't, are going to take the Queen and, of course, the, the uh, King Charles face off the bank note, the five o'clock, the five dollar bank note, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, you know what, we bashed the ro- uh, royals enough. I think we should probably focus on <laughs> news for the day. So let's talk about uh, investors um, based on a new Stats Canada uh, data that came up today that basically says that uh, in here in BC, 23% of homes uh, that ha- that are purchased are owned by investors. It's not as high as Nova Scotia, which is 31%. But we spent so much time blaming um, foreign investors. Turns out the, the investors we're talking about are actually local investors. They live right here in British Columbia. Sarah, let me start with you because you're in the real estate yeah. uh, industry. Your thoughts on this. Is, is this something we should be concerned about? We're in the midst of a housing crisis. And uh, people say, look, should first-time buyers be competing with these investors who clearly have excess dollars? Uh, is this something of concern for us? What, what are your thoughts? Well, here's the thing is investors are just that. They are investing. So they're not emotionally attached to the property. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it from a dollar and cents perspective, right? And I know that because I'm a realtor, everybody's – I'm going to get mail saying like, you're just a realtor cashing in on la You know, that's not the way it works. I wish it was because then I'd be <laughs> rolling around in my Rolls Royce and doing all that kind of stuff. But honestly, I work with, I do work with investor buyers and it really comes down to dollars and cents. And even when it was in the market where we had multiple offers, investors for the most part backed off of those kind of situations because for them, A plus B equals C, right? So it's mm-hmm. going to be the cost of the investment and the upkeep offset by the rent. And of course, there's also things to take into account like maintenance fees if it's a condo or just maintenance in general if it's a house taxes, etc. So the numbers have got to work. Um, whereas a person purchasing for their own personal enjoyment may, you know, there's other factors that, that fall into that. So investors fall into a totally different group. I mean, investors that know what they're doing. I mean, there's definitely investors out there that are think like, oh, I can, I'll just buy whatever and I'll, I'll be able to rent it out for top dollar. And they're, they're just not, you know, maybe up to speed as to how, how difficult being an investor is because it's, as much as people think that it's an easy job to be an investor and just, you know, be a landlord, there's a lot involved with it. You can end up with bad tenants. You can end up with like a bad strata council or something like that in a building that you own a condo in. There's a lot of variables. So I think it would be really short-sighted to say that investors are the problem with uh, 
with the, with the rising prices in D.C. Leah, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, some have said, look, uh, are they responsible for our housing crisis? That somebody who is looking at that first-time buyer could be uh, wanting a place, but they get outbid by some of these investors, even though uh, Sarah here is saying they'll back out. Uh, but the fact that it does create this competition, do you think we need to put in new rules or extra rules? Uh, you, you know, you look at these pre-sale condos. In many cases, if, if you know somebody, you can come in a f- few days earlier, get a 5% discount and put the money down, which makes it harder for everyday folks as well. What are your thoughts? Do you think there needs to be some sort of rule, some sort of rule that basically makes it a little tougher to be an investor, at the very least not perhaps give investors dibs on the, on the new places right away? Yeah, there shouldn't be dibs, and you shouldn't be able to know somebody to get in early. I don't agree with that at all. Everybody should start from the ground level, and everybody should have a crack at any type of property. I think, you know, for investors, I think the one good thing about investors is they're going to put it on the rental market, right? So at least that'll help the rental market, right? So if they're just investing, they're not going to live there. They're going to rent it out. So I think, you know, you can't really blame them on everything. I think they're going to help with the rental market. I do understand if you're a first-time buyer, like I own my place, and you know, um, I bought like six years ago, so it was definitely cooler at that time. But I think, you know, I didn't have a lot of competition with what I was looking at and, you know, it worked for me. But now the way the market is, definitely if I was to buy, again, especially a first time, you should be able to have, you know, it a little easier, I think, if you're a first time buyer because you're new to the market. You don't really understand how everything works. I think maybe you should have either first dibs or everything should be totally even keel. I don't agree with people being able to get first crack at certain properties. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what is hurting a lot of first time buyers right now is that the uh, insured mortgages are capped at a million dollars. And in British Columbia, that Mm. is a really low rate. A low, yeah. That is low in British Columbia. The rest of the country, maybe not so much, but also uh, the property transfer tax, you you get a, you get a pass on it under 500,000 for a first time buyer. You show yeah. me a first-time buyer that can find something in the Lower Mainland for under 500000 <laughs> yeah. And there's <laughs> very not. little there. So, you know, if the provincial government and the federal governments really want to be, you know, a little bit uh, more helpful, first of all, they'll look at zoning regulations. Second of all, they might actually start promoting buildings that are sold only to first-time buyers to get them a leg in. Yeah. And then also, let's take a look at the, uh, the, the insured mortgage uh, issues, as well as property transfer tax. I mean... Property transfer what about- tax on a million dollars is $18,000, and that Jeez. cannot finance. So you've yeah. got to have that on top of your deposit. There's a lot of other things that are stopping first-time buyers from getting What about, in. like, the rent-to-own properties, you know, where you put rent in, it actually goes to your mortgage? Like, I think that's, that's a great idea. Very, very few of those exist because the thing yeah, is, for developers, right, there's not really an incentive for them. No, they yeah. want so their money the right away. Is, if, if the government wants to be and, and, you know, wants to tout themselves as being proactive for the little guy and the first-time buyers, you know, stand behind it. Put your money where your mouth is. Get off your asses and start doing something about it. And actually, instead of making legislation, call the realtors before you do it. The one one thing I do like about these numbers is we should stop blaming foreigners and especially the Chinese community for saying you can't afford a home. There's myriad reasons. We have dog-whistled foreign buyers um, and (laughs) like literally basically anybody of quote-unquote color that um, is coming from another country that is easily identifiable. I mean, nobody yeah. was, you know, complaining about Americans that work in Canada uh, buying properties, but all of a sudden it's like, oh well, it's got to be the Chinese. 
people need to take a good hard look at themselves for why they were thinking that way and behaving that yeah, way. Yeah, and that, Maybe I think that's just crap. That it was the last four or five years in the debate in this uh, city got really, really ugly. And it's a reminder really once ugly, again. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. So I hope it provokes some more conversation next week as well. The numbers actually came out late uh, this afternoon. So I appreciate you, ladies, uh, changing course <laughs> rather than talking about King Charles. Well, Can coming you up, about Charles? <laughs> I know I got some nasty email uh, overnight too. But quit picking <laughs> on them. I'm like, I'm not. It, that's what they're doing. It's the news. Anyway. Coming up next, can the B.C. government's work-from-anywhere policy for public servants actually work? That's next. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to our Friday wrap panel. Leah Halive is a TV reporter and radio host, and Sarah Daniels is a real estate agent in Seltzer. She's an author and broadcaster as well. Well, this week, the B.C. Civil Service was abuzz after Premier David Abey and his staff uh, announced some rule changes in regards to remote work. What they basically said, the province will make all jobs after April 1st, available to anyone in BC whose community contains a ministry office. So uh, rather than forcing people to relocate to, let's say, uh, the government nerve centres of Victoria or Vancouver, you could work in your respective community. So essentially, if there is a job posting in Victoria and you happen to have, let's say, a government office in Prince George, and you apply for the job, you get the job, you don't have to move to Victoria. You can live and work out of Prince George. That's just an example, but that's what they're saying. Uh, Let me go to you first, Sarah. I'm old-fashioned, and I think people should get back to work. I know there's uh, (laughs) times where there is, you can do remote work, and it helps with uh, 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 daycare, it helps with, uh, for families, it just, it it is better. But I think society moving away, or we're just working from home or hybrid locations, I think you give up productivity and to a certain degree, transparency and accountability when you do this. What are your thoughts? Not to mention, I, I just, I'm just i frightened to think of what people will start to look like, like when they have no excuse to leave the house whatsoever. I mean, this, this is going to be a disaster for the beauty and clothing industries right there. <laughs> so I think that, you know, Not and for, for hairdressers dress. and everything, because people are going to start look, to look like trolls. But that's just me being tongue-in-cheek. Honestly, I mean, it... If I could work from, I, I have to, I can work from home because I'm a realtor, but I obviously I have to be out and about. I don't know. I, I think that there, I mean, I think it's got a, I can see a hybrid situation where you're two or three days at home, two or three days, depending on, you know, that third day in the office. But I think it's actually important to actually be in the office. I, I've said here before, you know, working from home during the pandemic and not seeing my, uh, my fellow realtors in the office. I missed the interaction because you, you learn a lot from other people. You can discuss issues, et cetera. And I think there's some real benefit to being in the office. It also, you know, from a motivational standpoint, I mean, you know, let's face it. When people are left to their own devices, a lot of the time they slack off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to actually try to, it, you know, and with everybody being like all over the place. So if you've got an employee in Prince George and one in Prince Rupert, et cetera, it's like herding kittens. How do you keep track of everything? Yeah, exactly. Leah, what, Leah, what do you think? I mean, there is uh, software now where you can track your employees even when they're working mm-hmm. from That's home. That's creepy. It is creepy. And I, I, but, I, you know, the, the federal government in Ottawa is trying to get people to work. They've made the rules. You've got to start yeah, exactly. coming back. And it is a bit of a hybrid, but you've got to come back to work. Here in Victoria, it looks like we're going the other way. I think, you know what, I am probably different than you guys because I think it'll draw more candidates. It sounds like they're having a hard time retaining and recruiting talent. I mean, not everyone, think about this, not everyone wants to move to Vancouver or Victoria. I mean, government wages, it's not like they're making a million bucks and we know what rent and to buy a place in Vancouver is. So do they want to spend all their money on rent? 
you know, or their mortgage. So like if you can work out of an office somewhere else, you know, and still connect, there's Teams, there's Zoom, there's a lot of way to connect. I mean, I think that's the way of the future now, unfortunately for you guys. I think it's a new hybrid way that, you know, the pandemic showed us that can actually work. I believe that this is a good move. I think that, you know, in a sense, you're going to get rid of a lot of, you know, quality candidates because they don't want to move to Vancouver or Victoria or to, you know, the capital city. I, I, I will city, say, so. though, we're, we're going to see, and it, we, they've, it's been on the news lately. I mean, downtown Victoria, downtown Vancouver, and it certainly is a, is a great example. Downtown cores have lost, like, a lot of workers that come in and that those are the people sure. that are you know, enjoying the restaurants at the lunch hour, doing yeah. their shopping, et cetera. And so we're seeing a real disintegration in, in the town centers and city centers. The suburbs seem to be doing fine because, you know, people have gravitated out there. It's, it's less expensive to live. But the downtown cores themselves are suffering. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad idea that people have to come in to, to work for a couple of days a week. I mean, obviously, the provincial government's going to have satellite offices all over the place. And if you're, yeah. you know, in Prince Rupert, you might be able to work in the Prince Rupert office. But the f- simple fact of the matter is, if you're, if they want you in Victoria, they're gonna, they're gonna pay the wages. And you're, you know, you're a union wage. It's not like you can really get fired. You have to do something pretty insane to get fired, and you get a pension. <laughs> so, I mean, go yeah. team. I don't get a pension. Nobody gives a rat's patoot about whether I live or die. Exactly. So, I know. mean, the private sectors, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they are flexible, but not like that. And I think not this like is that. just way too flexible we're in the paying, boss. We're paying for these workers. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. gross about it, but we're paying for them. And you're getting a big pension. I've got a friend that worked for the CBC. She retired in her mid-50s, and she's getting like you know, 80% of her, of her uh, highest wage, like averaged over the last wow. uh, five yeah. years. Until she until she drops dead, like sign me up for some of that. Stuff. <laughs> no exactly, doubt. and there's nothing like I mean, a defined on, people. a defined benefit pension plan. So I'll yeah, everybody's struggling. Exactly, I think they got to be back. Go head back to work for accountability and transparency. <laughs> and I'm not going to move off of that uh, that position for sure. All so, right, we'll be in next Friday. Okay, yeah, guys, Sarah <laughs> exactly. and I will be in next Friday. <laughs> Leah, Sarah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. Right. Have a great weekend, guys.